And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric LaFlaherty is on the air now. What's going on? Seven fifty-five is real. David O'Brien, Braves writer, the Athletic. I'm with Eric O'Flaherty. You know him, the former Braves reliever. What's happening, everybody? Are you hyping me up today? Huh? You got me hyped up today. <laughs> As we enter the final series of the season. And the Braves are coming off a pretty impressive one, man. That was uh, that was exactly what they needed, I thought, coming off that kind of, uh, you know, that letdown series against the Marlins to uh, – to sweep a Cubs team that came in with so much riding on this because the Cubs were fighting for their playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, and the Braves just, and it wasn't just that they beat them. It was the way they beat them. They overcame so many leads and so many deficits in the first two games the Braves did, especially that second game, which we'll never forget the Acuna game where he gets 70-40. The Braves overcame deficits in each of the last three innings of the of the game, the Cubs blew leads in three straight innings. I think you, could, you saw a big difference in one team playing and, uh, you know, feeling the pressure and another team yeah. that was just like, that's almost, it feels like the, this team has been waiting for some games like that. And I know Snit said they were going to play it. They were going to play hard like a playoff series. You know, they have, they have that duty to the rest of the league and, Man, I, I just thought you could tell there was a major difference in comfort level. Yeah, it looked like one team was playing scared or not playing not to lose. Yep. And the other team was just playing free and easy going, this is what we do, man. We can score runs at any time in abundance. Or we can, or we can go yard at any time. Or manufacture a run with Ronald getting on base. And uh, the way they did that, too, the way Ronald got – you couldn't have scripted it much better the way he got his last two stolen bases to get 70. No, they were meaningful. Yeah. He gets – he singles, steals second base for 69, and scores on an Ozzie Albee single to tie. Yep. Uh, or did that one give him the lead? I forgot. No, I think and that then, was the walk-off. No, that was the one inning. And then, and then two innings later, he did the same thing. Yeah. He singled, stole second again in the 10th inning for his 70th. And once again, Ozzy singles him in. And that's the walk-off. Yeah, but he did the same thing. Two, two, two times he singled, stole second, and scored on an Ozzy hit. I uh, thought that was such inning. a great example of what makes him the MVP in my mind is that the Cubs yeah. had this situation where they had to make a decision whether to pitch to him or not. But normally when you're making that decision, are we pitching to this guy or not? They can end the game with one swing. You're just like, we're not messing with him. You put him on first base and it's going to take a double to score him. But yeah. with him, you have to make that decision because you know if you just walk him and pitch around him, he's stealing second. 
Yeah, uh, it, that was in the eighth inning where he scored the uh, tying run, and then the Mar uh, the Mar the uh, Cubs scored in the top of the ninth, and the Braves tied again in the bottom of the ninth on the Ozuna home run. Yep, and we've talked about Ozuna, man. He just keeps doing what he's doing. It his stats. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a more uh, resounding turnaround in season than what he has done since even the end of April. I mean. Since the end of April, the beginning of May, this guy has been one of the best 10 or so hitters in the National League, just overall hitters. I mean, the OBP's high, the slug, the, uh, the slugging's really high, the home runs, everything. It's crazy, considering he was hitting under 100 with an OPS under 400 at the end of April. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another one I've seen. I mean, the first one that pops in my head is Harris this year, turning his season yeah. around. I mean, to have two guys turn their season around like that, it it – it just says so much about the environment that, that guys are able right. to struggle that bad and feel no pressure and turn their seasons around like that. Yeah. And they've both been critical in the Braves uh, having such a deep lineup without those two, if they'd continue struggling, you know, Harris was because of injuries, but nevertheless, if he had not gotten back on track, it's a whole different lineup when a, when a team can catch its breath in the bottom of the order, like a conventional lineup. And they can't do that with this lineup. You know, the team's, Teams try to make so many, uh, you know, try to bring in so many bullpen guys to try to, to, you know, to face the bottom of the order before they turn it around to Acuna. Nothing works because they're just so deep. Yeah, I posted, I posted photos the last couple of days of the lineups that are on the TV screen and the monitor right ahead, right in front of me in the uh, press box. And you look at the lineup, and the home run totals do not look real. It looks like a <laughs> fantasy team you've put together. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, you're looking down the the lineup, and it's 53 homers, 37, 37, 41. It's 33, 20. It's just crazy. These are the lineups that I would build on video games when I was a kid. You know, like you're you're 10 years old and you get to create some players and you have this team that's way better than everybody. And you look at the numbers at the end of your like 40 game season and everybody has 40 homers. That's, that's what this lineup reminds me of. And the RBI totals too. I mean, (laughs) You got so many guys over a hundred or uh, uh, in the '90s, and it's just oh my god! And 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 then Matt Olson, what can you say about the season that this guy has put together? Just when you thought, you know, when he had that lull for a couple of weeks where he didn't hit homer, he thought, okay, he's not going to get the records and all that. He's coming back to reality. He's had this late season burst where he's just blown by Andrew. And, and last night he passes Eddie Matthews. Yeah, I mean Eddie freaking Matthews. You know, He'll hit another one this series, too. Huh? He's going to hit another one this, this series, too. Yeah, I mean, he's got a chance to add a few more RBIs. In this. You know, they're facing the Nationals and three pitchers with ERAs like, you know, five to six. Yeah. Uh, they got a real chance of adding, of padding those stats further. if they, You know, because he's going to play every day. That's the thing is he plays every day. Well, you're not going to take him out of the lineup now after he's played 159 games. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you I just don't like I don't I don't like the idea of ever letting off the gas pedal and it's it's a fine line because you don't want to wear guys out or get them hurt but the, the way they're doing it is exactly how I do it where if, if a guy needs a day or there's you know a double right. header or something maybe let a guy rest but the rest of the time just keep your foot on the gas pedal yeah you got him through this point I mean you got him through the hard part of the dog days now you got three games left and then you're gonna have time to catch their breath because while they are ramping it up, and we'll talk about that, while they're going to ramp up their activities next week compared to last year, it's still not 
games. It's still if you need to rest, they you can take you take a day. But yeah, you know they're all going to have a day off Monday, and then they're going to get back at it. And we talked about this. I told you how I would play some games. I'd do something to avoid what happened last year. Well, Snit either had the same idea or he was listening because <laughs> they're going they're going to play inter squad games. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And they're going to go at it. And Snit says, we're going to get after. We're not just, it's not going to be like sim games, although they can roll. It's going to be more like a spring training game where if they need maybe roll an inning over, they will. But, or if they need to have a guy, maybe he had, uh, he needs another couple of bats, they'll let him do that. But, but for the most part, it's going to be game situations. And they've got all these pitchers because they've got, like we talked about, you know, they've got these AAA guys that are uh, not going to be on the roster, but are going to stay active in case they're needed later. So there's going to be no problem getting, you know, relievers work and the uh, taxi squad guys, you know, and a guy like Kyle Wright, you know, he made, he, he pitched again last night and made his second relief appearance. He'll probably make a two or three inning appearance in one of those games. So there's no shortage at all of, uh, of pitchers who, who the hitters can face some real pitching rather than, you know, uh, uh, coach pitcher. Or you know, off the machine or whatever. Three days of you know BP. So I I like the idea. I mean, is there some risk that you know a guy could foul a ball off his foot or whatever? Yeah, I think so. But I think there's a whole lot more risk of coming out flat like you did last year against a team that's coming off a playing a possible three three game wild card series. Yeah, no, I mean absolutely. I think you do it, and I think you even put something on it. You know, I mean. You talk some shit, you have a bet going, the losing team yeah. has to carry our bags for this round. You know, something right. like that where, because you can't really do money because it's like, it's, it's never enough to like hurt the big guy and the little guy can afford it. But you could do something where it's kind of like service work, you know, and may, make a guy carry your bag or anything like that. But I'd, I'd want some shit talking and I'd want something riding on it so that the guys are engaged because it is really easy for a sim game to just, turn into spring training and you get nothing out of it at this point in the year and, and doesn't prepare you for pressure. Yeah. And I also like the fact that they're going to let the uh, fans in for free, which means there's going to be plenty of them there because it's free and there's free parking. Yeah. Which you spice it up too. Like make announce the teams have, you know, have people pick teams and, and do a whole thing out of it just to make it yeah. as real as you can. Yeah. Well, since they're going to have like real teams, they're going to have two teams and going at it. So, We'll see. They're going to do that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at like 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh, That's I cool to let the fans in. Yeah, and, and letting the fans park for free, which you can't normally do at the battery. So uh, they obviously want to get as many people in there as they can, you know, to make some noise and all that. So just to keep them stimulated, keep them active and all that, instead of just, you know, going out there and grinding through. I just think it's really hard to stay, to keep that edge when you're off for almost a, a, an entire week. And then they're going to have a normal workout Friday, the workout that MLB requires before he, yeah. you know, they require them to have one workout. Um, so that'll be like a normal day before the series starts workout. But the three game, the three on Tuesday, Thursday, they're doing on their own uh, volition and and doing the games and all that just because they want to try to stay, you know try something different, try to stay sharp. So uh, it'll be interesting to see whether like. Uh, you know, Max throws in one of those games, like as a side session, maybe Tuesday. Who knows? We'll see. It's going to be interesting to watch what's going on, though. Yeah. yeah. And, and if I'm a I fan, mean, I'm going because you might get a chance to sit somewhere you'd never be able to afford to sit. 
you know, for yeah. a regular season game. I don't know what if they're selling or if they're giving out tickets, even though it's free. But I mean, it's like spring training. The coolest thing about spring training is you can actually get that tenth row seat and see these guys up close. So I'd go. Yeah, I'm sure there will be plenty that people that can get off work, you know, for an hour or whatever, or get off work early. I think that helps too that they're having it at four thirty rather than say one o'clock, you know. And they're kind yeah. of splitting the difference time-wise because you don't know if you're going to get an afternoon slot or night slot in the playoff games. They probably have a pretty decent idea, but you don't you don't know for sure. So starting at that time, you kind of get the best of both worlds, and maybe you get some shadows there too and that kind of thing. So we'll see. But that's a, that's something new they're doing. Kind of a pain in the ass for us in the media, but, hey, nobody cares what about us. <laughs> beat rush hour traffic right there. But uh, – um. So, but anyway, I thought the uh, yeah, I thought this Cubs series was was impressive, and and you know, if you look at it, they didn't just sweep a team that was fighting for its playoff lives. They won the last two games, starting Winans and Smith Shaver, two rookies. And yep. I tell you what, man, Smith Shaver looked good last night. That's the best I've seen that dude look. We saw the ninety nine that we'd heard about in the that he did throw in the in the minors because you could look it up. Now there's stat cast for minor league for AAA games, and he was throwing that before he, his first call up. But we didn't really see a lot of that in his in his big league games. And he said he had a breakthrough in his last few games in, in AAA. I don't know what he did, what he ironed out mechanically or whatever. But he topped out at ninety nine seven last night, averaged ninety six five I think with his four seamer, and he walks the leadoff guy. And after that, he gave up nothing. He gave up no hits in uh, three and two thirds. Yeah. Didn't walk anybody else. Uh, they got a run because you know that leadoff walk came around on a couple of ground outs and scored on a fielder's choice that they didn't really handle very well. But it was a uh, he pitched really well. So that's portends for a good future for that kid. You got to remember this kid is twenty still. He hasn't turned twenty one yet, man. That's, I mean, it's insane because that's like that's about the time I had my big breakthrough was like twenty twenty one. Well, I was actually twenty, and I had my biggest breakthrough mechanically. But I've been pitching for you know fourteen years already. Yeah, he's been uh, pitching with, like with three, four years. Three, four he's years. Like, I never could have touched his raw athleticism that he has. Yeah, like this yeah. guy, you could tell watching him move. He's a freak athlete, and that's when you're that guy. When I had my freak breakthrough. You are my big breakthrough. I got up to 94. When these guys, these freak athletes, it finally clicks. Then yeah. you see a 99, 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He doesn't know how to pitch yet. You know, I mean, he's learning. But the, the guys like that get me so excited that haven't pitched a lot because once they start, things start clicking and they start figuring out, you see kind of what you saw last night. Yeah, I mean, for those who might who might have forgotten when he came up, this is the former – stud quarterback from the Fort Worth area who could have gone and played and played quarterback at what uh A&M or Tech I think it was A&M I forget it was, it was Tech I think anyway he had a, he was going to go play quarterback till the Braves signed him gave him a good bonus um and he did not start pitching until after his junior year in high school that's stupid and he's like 6'3 6'4 and looks like a you know wide receiver Yep, you know, or a quarterback, which is what he was. And if you've seen the video of the Google video, Google the video of him throwing a football, because he can throw it about seventy yards. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not hard. That's not a hard sell. Yeah, he's a he's a stud, and he he could be a big part of the future here. He really could. Twenty years old, man, with that little. He's been for two years, and he's in the big leagues. 
Yeah, and he's going to be uh, he's going to be with the team through the postseason too. So, or you know, at least through the division series, I would think through the whole postseason. One of those guys that if they need it, I mean, who knows? I'm sure they'll even talk about the possibility of him, you know, being on the division series if they thought he could help, you know, as a long reliever. They got some things to talk about because they need to see, like, how Kyle Wright feels today after his second appearance. I talked to Kyle yesterday afternoon before he pitched in last night's game and I asked him, how you feeling? And he said, he was good, good enough. And you could tell right then, it ain't perfect. Um, he's going to get the shoulder checked just to make sure in the offseason. He goes, because I don't want this to be something that keeps nagging me, hopefully never yeah. again in my career. Because I asked him, they absolutely said you don't need any surgery. And he didn't say absolutely. He said that the MRIs still only show inflammation, so they 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 need they want to do whatever they have to do to get this completely taken care of, so it's not a uh, concern again. You know, once they because because like he's we've talked about this, he already had it happen, come back twice after having long breaks, you know, and the and the cortisone shot and all that, and really it ruined his season. So he doesn't want to, and that's why he's in the pen right now. But if he pitches like he has. So far in his two relief appearances, which are his first two relief appearances since 2019, he could help him in that regard because he could come in and give you two or three innings in a game, in a postseason game, and really save your pin if you have to, you know, pull a starter, maybe your number three starter. Maybe Bryce Seller just doesn't have it that day and he's walking guys again. If you have to pull him in the second or third inning, it it could be nice having Kyle Wright to go three or two. I thought in his last outing he looked filthy. That He was – that's the best I've seen his direction and his his breaking ball. He was just ripping. I mean, uh-huh. I, when I see his breaking ball like that, I know his shoulder's feeling at least decent or he's right. just selling out and letting it go. But, I mean, the best thing for him is probably going to be a full, you know, just two months of just don't right. don't touch a ball and just let everything reset in there. Because, like, I've had stuff where nothing showed up in an MRI, but my capsule was stretched out. Right. And that freaking thing, I mean, it was my last season playing anyway. And that thing hurt for three or four months. But I kept trying to throw and get it right and do all the rehab. And then I just quit. I was like, I'm done. This this thing's wrecked. And I gave it three months. And I go out to play with, catch with my kids. And all of a sudden, my shoulder's just better. No rehab, no exercises or stretching. Just kind of letting the joint reset. So, I, when you're rehabbing and you're trying to come back and you're doing what Kyle's doing, he's probably still doing exercises and, you know, tinkering with that joint. Sometimes it's just like, just let that thing completely shut down and you'd be surprised what can go away. Yeah, he mentioned a capsule. In fact, he said his last start in Miami, um, it, they checked, the MRI showed something in the capsule afterwards. And he said, but the good news was after they shut it down again, that went away, kind of healed itself. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Something's only so, time I mean, he can definitely, fix. He definitely has the right uh, outlook on it as far as he's not going to be one of these guys that just tries to tough his way through it. I mean, he knows no. that he has to do whatever they're telling him to do, and he sounds ready to do whatever he needs to do, whether that's shut it down, whether that's have surgery. But, I mean, so far, the MRIs have not shown any reason to have surgery. So that's It's tough because you want to test it too, you know? Like, right, you don't right. want to go – through uh well october they're probably gonna be playing but you go through november and december and you don't touch a ball and then you go january building your arm up and you get off the mound in february and it's still there yeah now your season's washed you know i mean it's a tough spot to be in because you're always thinking about your future and getting back out there but yeah i don't i mean it's nagged him the whole year at some point you just got to let it rest yeah uh jeremy says if you're snit do you go with the same 
AJ Smith Shaver right combo for NLDS game three. I, you know, it's something to consider, man. I mean, I, quite I'd, honestly, flip flop him. Quite honestly, I'm more confident in those two right now than I am Bryce, just because I think Bryce is out of gas. He's up yeah. to 180 innings. He's way over his previous career high innings total, and he just does not look like the same guy at all down the stretch. And I, and I don't think that's any knock on him. It's just that he's never done this before in a rotation, major league rotation for a full season. Remember, he, he opened a season as a triple-A opening day starter, and then the Braves needed him, so he jumped right into their rotation. So he's been in it all season, really. But he's at 180 innings, and I think he's just out of gas. And I don't know how you're going to get that back with an extra week off before the division series. He just, I don't know, man. I'm sure they're discussing it, but they can't have a whole lot of confidence in him. Well, I have those two guys on standby too, you know, because I think, I personally think he's earned it, even though he's struggled, you know, as of late. And if you watch, he's he's just been leaving the ball up in the zone so much more in this second half than he did uh-huh. um, when he was right. really dominating. But I mean, Smith, you have a good start against the. You start out okay against the Cubs in in September, and Kyle's been working his way back. I mean, kind of a toss up, but I'd go with. Uh, I'd go with him and then just have a quick hook. You know, right. if he's sweeping balls up and, and you're seeing a lot of barrels, get somebody ready. Yeah. That's you know, what those extra off days allow you to do. And if you look at the walks, because the walks, they're concerned, yeah. But he walked a lot of guys in the first half, too. The difference he got that double play ball because he had that life. Exactly. What you just alluded to. He, he got out of so many jams early on. He and Charlie were always getting out of jams, and Charlie still does. But Elder stopped getting those ground balls that he was getting. He, he was like automatic. He'd get two guys on, he'd get a double play grounder, inning over. And they just yeah. hadn't done that lately. Well, that's just the difference between, I mean, you can miss a barrel at the belt and it's a bloop single. You miss a barrel down in the zone, you get that ground ball double play. And he was doing just an, he was doing an incredible job of that. Like every jam he got in yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah, he'd walk somebody because he could, he could afford to live on those edges knowing he might get a double play from the next guy and, and pitch guys carefully. But you start pitching guys carefully and put a few on, and then you're you're up with the mid thigh or the belt with that sinker. It's so much easier for them to lift that thing and and get a single, and then inning piles, and you hang a slider, and you give up five. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Adam says, with this final series, how should Snit balance the need for guys to stay sharp with the reality that the games have no meaning with home field? Play them. Exactly. We, I don't think it's a problem because all they have to do is, re- is reference last year. Look what happened yeah. last year when we, took, when we went to Miami 
after basically clinching against the Nets, even though they still had to win one more game in Miami. But they went down there, came out kind of uh, sleepwalking, won the middle game of that series, got to, got it handed to them in the last game of the season, you know, resting guys, whatever, you know, didn't play. It didn't work. So right. I don't think I don't think you can worry about, you know, and the other good thing is they're chasing so many individual and other things. I mean, yeah, they've already got these records, but like if you're a Cunha, you know, you may never have another season like this. Don't you want to add if you can, not without, you know, you don't want to injure yourself, but if you've got a chance to steal a few more bags against this national team or hit a couple more homers, why not go for 45, 70, you know? Yeah. Uh, and if you're Matt Olson, who's to say Matt Olson's ever going to hit 50 home runs again? If you look at like Ryan Howard and Giancarlo yep. Stanton are the only national leaguers who in the past 20 years who've had more homers than Olson. By the way, each of those guys won the MVP of the year that he did it. I know. <laughs> But that was a career high for each of those guys. You probably thought it was Howard really early in his career. Stanton, too, you thought, oh, they're going to have five seasons with 50 or more homers. Never had it again. So if you're Everybody kind of gets their one dream season where everything's uh-huh. clicking. Yeah. But, I mean, I, he could do it again. I'm not saying he can't. but he, Or hit a bunch of 40 homer seasons. But this is that year where he didn't go through that lull where it's like, you know, talking about a swing and tinkering it where you suck for a month. He was good and hitting bombs all year. Yeah, he did have a stretch where he didn't hit any homers, but which is yeah. amazing. He came out of it and kept going, but he had such a flurry afterwards that it was like it carried before and afterwards that it carried him. But yeah, I mean, he's got fifty four. If you got a, I mean, fifty five is a nice number. He's yeah, he's facing some pretty pretty mediocre pitchers in this series. He's got a chance to hit a couple more bombs, man, and he's got a chance to hit a to drive in one hundred and forty runs. Yeah. I also think, too, like as far as resting them goes, if you were going to jump right into the wild card series, maybe you would try to keep, but you have those, you have two, three, four days of you can rest your guys or or take it easy on five days. You could take it as easy as you want on them. Right. They could play four innings and stay sharp. I mean, yeah, that first round by, I mean, it's, it's huge as far as this goes. And you actually, you want to push these guys closer to that first game if possible you know you wouldn't want to make that gap any longer yeah and they talked about after each of these wins in this cup series they want to carry this momentum into that into the break into that break before the division series you don't carry this momentum by coming out and playing like crap and resting guys and and, you know and winning one out of three games against the nationals or just playing sloppy you know that's not carrying the momentum they want to keep playing they want to they'd like to come out and pound the nationals for three games i'm sure going to this break with six straight wins, two sweeps over the Cubs and the Nats. You just feel better mentally everywhere. So I, I don't expect them to come out and play any differently than they have. I think Snip might take it out of the hands of a couple of guys who aren't, you know, because like Olsen's going to play because he's got, he, he's yeah. not going to miss a game now that he's started all the, every game, you know, they haven't played anybody else at first base. He's going to play. Uh, I would imagine Acuna's going to play. You know, he, he had that break where he missed a couple of games with the uh, calf tightness. So I don't see anything, any reason why you would rest him. You Maybe a DH in one game, but I don't know, because you want Ozuna to keep playing too. And he's going to play nowhere but DH. So um, you might you might met, rest Austin Riley maybe one game, but I don't know. He doesn't look tired to me. So I think they're going to come out and keep playing the way they have. Tonight would be the night maybe after they, after they clinched home field through the World Series. Tonight, if you, if any night you might see one or two guys out of the lineup, maybe. 
because yeah. then you can then you can the last two games Saturday Sunday just come out you know and try to pound them again. So maybe you catch your breath tonight. They're doing a show and go for the second straight day, um, which Snit really times these things great. I've had a couple of players tell me. Guy has a feel for the clubhouse. He knows exactly when to do a show and go. For those that aren't aware of what a show and go is, it's when batting the practice. The best is what it is. <laughs> right. It's like you don't take VP on the field. Guys come. If you want to come in early and hit in the cage, you can do that. You know, you can go hit on the field early if you want. But he tells the guys that he really doesn't want them showing up until, you know, like 4 o'clock. They, yeah. they show up like an hour and a half later than they normally do. And you just play the game. You show and go. Bobby it's Cox, just way less time on your feet. Yeah. Yeah. You're not hanging. You're not out shagging during BP. You're not doing all that. You know, you come in and get prepared for the game, but you don't, you cut out all that extra stuff. He usually does it after long games, after travel days. Uh, this time he's doing it after, you know, a pretty emotional series where they wanted to come yeah. out and win and they clinched NLC, they clinched a uh, home field through NLCS on, uh, on Wednesday. And then they clinched, World Series through World Series last night. So now you kind of reward them and and, and uh, just get them off their feet. And, and and so they're doing a show and go for the second straight day. They did it yesterday because they had played 10 innings the night before in the Acuna yep. game, which will forever be known as the Acuna game. The, for the weird thing was that was an Acuna game where it was what it was shaping up as one of his worst games. He wasn't doing anything. He was grounding out. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, Acuna hadn't done anything tonight. You know, when he was on the cusp of doing this, he flies yeah, yeah. back the first inning. Grounds out in the third, grounds out in the sixth. So you're like, okay, he's, he's going to have a nothing game for once. And then it ends up being in the eighth and tenth inning. He just takes hold of the game. <laughs> he puts his stamp on it. Yep. Uh, I got a question from how soft are Cubs fans for complaints about the celebration? Well, they're taking their cues from the Cubs announcers who, you know, complained about it on air. So I don't blame the fans for thinking, okay, there, there is, must be something to it. Um, Boog complained, but if you also saw Boog did uh, AJ Przinsky's podcast the next day, and AJ kind of egged him on. You know how AJ does, tried to get him yeah. to complain about it again. And Boog was more like, you know what? I woke up the next day and thought, you know what? Whatever. You know, if they want to celebrate a little bit, no big deal. He kind of downplayed it the next day, but he he and his broadcast partner, the former player, I forget his name, um, they both said on air that during that celebration that what are they doing? They can't stop the game right here. And my, my initial thought was, come on, man, you gotta be kidding. Uh, Cause somebody asked me, one of the, one of the Cubs writers next day asked me, do the Braves, have, have they done that before? Do they always do that? And I go, yeah. Every time they have a guy still 70, yeah, 40, they, they stop, yeah, they've stopped the game every time. <laughs> it was like, okay, come on, man. It was historic. And, I do understand, though, in, in retrospect, there's the only complaint I have, because I got no problem with them, with Acuna pulling the base out, raising it over his head, because there, there was two people from MLB there that were running on the field to take the base anyway. They were going to stop yeah. the game to take that base, because some of the Cubs people were like, that base is going to be there after the game. You can take it. That's the MLB. They want that base, and they that's what they do. They take a bat out of play when a guy hits a home run. They do that. That's just what they do. So. I had no problem with that. And the Acuna moment, it was like Ricky Henderson, you know, raising it over his head. When Ricky got the stolen base record, he raised it over his head. And then when you say, yeah, but it was the 10th inning, you're stopping the momentum. Wait a minute. You're stopping, if anything, the Braves' momentum. Not the Cubs. The Braves just put the winning run in scoring position. 
you, if anything, it gave you a chance to your, for your pitcher to catch his breath. If you wanted to have a mound conference for free, you could. So those complaints right there, that to me didn't make any sense. The Braves are the one with the momentum. If any, if, you know, they just got to put the the winning run in scoring position. So I mean, I, I turned on, so I was watching, and when that whole thing was unfolding, I kind of had the same thoughts about it. You know, I was like, "Man, this is taking a minute in the middle of the tenth. Right. And so I turned, I flipped over to the Cubs broadcast just to see, you know, somebody that wasn't on this side how they were feeling about it, and right. it went about exactly how I think I would feel if I was on the other team. But at the same time, you're having like forty seventy may never be done again. Yeah. So you got to so, get that. That's never happened before. You got to get that base. I get it. That holding the bag over his head, like that's he earned it. Um, I, I guess just the, like the video montage type of that's thing. That's That's the only problem I had. I was about to say the only problem I had. Totally <laughs> unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. Yeah. Let it be organic. <laughs> That's an yeah. organic moment. You almost ruined it. Nobody yeah. remembers the video montage. All we nope. remember is Acuna, <laughs> is Acuna in his excitement and his joy doing this. I'm pulling this base up. And that was, yeah. it felt so real. And the montage was just like uh, totally unnecessary. And I don't think the Brett, that the Cubs still would have complained about him stopping the game. But then you could have said, look it up. And somebody did. Every time in the 40-40 club that one of those four people in the 40-40 club got 40-40, every time the game was stopped. Every yeah. time. No, okay. I mean, that's just where I think that the video montage tipped the scales yeah. a little bit. But I am I was still going to be a homer and be like, whatever. You get a 40-70 guy, you're in your home park, you could do whatever you want. But that, that part made yeah. me kind of understand, like, hey, there's a game going on here, a team fighting for the playoffs, and we're in the bottom of the tent. Right. And I didn't even watch the video montage. That's the thing is, that's why I say it was totally unnecessary. Everybody's watching, watching Acuna. Acuna. You're yeah. just watching Acuna. You want to see this kid celebrating. I mean, it was just a joy in his face. You're like, you don't need this video montage. They could have totally played the montage after the game when they're interviewing him on the field when he's player of the game. It was just totally unnecessary. And that's the brave screwing that up. But <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I got no problem with the way they handled it. And the other thing was, Somebody said, uh, uh, it was the same Cubs writer said, did they, what happened when they, last year, did they stop the game when Judge did? I said, yeah, absolutely they stopped what? the game. Of that was in did. Toronto. That was on the road and they stopped the game. Yeah. Remember? Because like the Marises were following him around and everything. Yeah. That, they stopped the game for like 10, 15 minutes. If I, I think it was 10 minutes at least last year. So. I didn't think this was much longer than a normal mound conference, to be honest. I thought it was like three or four minutes, maybe. I, I think more than anything, your season's riding on the line, and it's just irritating to have this distracted celebration going on. But right, but like fall, I said, like you I can said, fall either side stop, on this. Like I said, though, they didn't stop your momentum. Right, <laughs> you're the If anything, they're hurting their own momentum because they got to. If you just keep playing right there. Ozzy drives him in, you know, but instead you're pausing. So that was kind of fell on deaf ears, but I agree on the video montage, totally unnecessary. And I didn't, I didn't think they should have done that. So otherwise, yeah. otherwise just quit crying, you know, play better. It's, for me, it's play one of those better. things where it's just like tough break. This is our house. <laughs> you know, Yeah. how many, how many leads you're going to blow, you know, in right. one game. So, 
Yeah, but it, the the moment itself, oh my god, that was like so cool. Acuna did the way he handles all these kind of things, man. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's just rare. It's rare when you got a guy that answers the bell so many times when so much attention's focused on him. And not only does he is he okay in those, he thrives on those. I'm reminded of the grand slam he hit against the Dodgers in an otherwise when the Braves got their asses kicked the first time he made the postseason and, and, and with Acuna hit the grand slam. That was like the only highlight for them, really. I asked Snit about that. I said, you didn't have him in your World Series run. And then last year, you know, the thing ended so fast. And given well, that he, he wasn't was, there last year, he wasn't ready. And, yeah, exactly. I said, and given the grand slam he hit in that Dodgers series, are you excited to see what he can do in the postseason? And Snit was like, oh, yeah. He goes, I can't wait till we get this thing going because the great ones have a penchant for thriving in those. And he's one of the great ones. Snit said that. He said he's one of the great ones. I thought that I that was my first thought after watching that Cubs series was I cannot wait to watch this guy in the playoffs. Oh my god! Because he it's, has it's like you said, it's when those bright the the brighter the lights get, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't feel pressure. He sees opportunity. It's, it's like, I'm gonna let everybody know. It's amazing they won that thing without him in 21. Man, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know they had so many guys step up that that you know played great. Rosario won the series against the Dodgers by himself, basically. Somebody got their bullpen, up. the night shift. And their bullpen was amazing. And that's, I talked to Chipper a couple of days ago about this. You know, I said, what do you think, man? How you, uh, what do you think? How you feel about the team going in? Because we were talking about how great this offense is. And I said, what do you think about the team? And he kind of looked at me like, same thing I was feeling. You know, how do you feel going in? He goes, we could be in a better spot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's talking about the pitching just because, you know, you got one, yeah. one of your proven starters is healthy and that's it. And he said, and then he said, the bullpen's going to have to go, you know, three, four innings every night. They're going to have to step up. And he goes, yep. who would have thought Will Smith, you know, in 21? Yep. And Because this time of the season, Will's, we, it was mid-September in 21. And guys like me were going, Smith can't go with Will Smith in the postseason. You can't do it. And Will Smith got out of that bases loaded jam in San Diego, I think with none out, none out. It's like the last week of the season and never looked back after that. He was unbelievable in the postseason, along with Mentor and and, uh, Matic. Yep. So it's going to take that. It's going to take one or two guys to really step up because the bullpen is going to just have, there's no way around it. They're going to have to be good in the postseason. I know the Braves can score more than they did in 21. I mean, this team can score six, eight runs a game, even against pretty good pitching. They have, and that's what they're going to need to do, and they're going to need the bullpen to be tough. Yeah, and that's, I mean, unfortunately, that's that's the reality of almost every team's postseason is you're lined up against another team that can duke it out with you, that can pitch it with you, and it almost always seems like it comes down to battles of the bullpen. Yeah. So those, yeah, I mean, those look- guys are going to have to carry a big load. If you look at recent World Series champions, the majority of them had not good, but great bullpen, like three or four guys that carried them. You know, I'm thinking of the Royals pen, the Braves, the the Astros. They all had – you almost remember the bullpens more than you did the starters these days because not many starters are going postseason, going eight innings anymore, you know. It's just – that's just the reality of it. And that's when the games are decided, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Yeah, and it's such a war of attrition now. The season is just so many injuries that most teams don't go into the postseason with all their starters healthy. No. Anyway. No, and I mean, you can have 
one reliever get cold at the wrong time and and then then it comes down to pushing the right buttons i mean it's it's great to get guys going and play these moves during the season looking at the big picture but you get to the postseason and whoever's hot in your pen you just keep hitting that button until it breaks yeah robert s says i still feel the weakness of this team is the bullpen if we have one is that fair iglesias seems shaky at time maybe we can score enough it won't be an issue yeah i mean that's fair i i don't know that it's the weakness but it's not the strength that it looked like it was going to be for about two months. They were lights out. They had the best bullpen in the majors. And, and, and statistically, they still have a really good one. But we all have watched it. We've, all, we've seen it's not been the same lately. It's been shaky. Some guys that you really were on really nice runs a month ago, you hoped they could carry it into the postseason, and they haven't. But who's to say they can't get it going again for the postseason? Guys like Kirby Yates has had a couple of bad outings. Jimenez, who looked great for a couple of months, unhittable almost. He He's had some bad outings. Iglesias has had some bad outings, and he was like lights out for half the season. Yeah, you know? I mean, sometimes it's just the timing thing, though. You know, right. it's like these these little spurts can pop up at any point through the year. Sure. Yeah, it makes you nervous when it happens in mid to late September versus, I mean, if they had sucked all July, nobody would care right now because the Brave would still be where they are. But it's – that they can just as easily get hot and it only takes like with the extra off days, it only takes two or three guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, to really get hot and carry you through a postseason. Yeah. The off days are going to help them. This is a, this, yep. this couldn't have been a better timing as far as that extra off day in the uh, NLDS, because you're going to be able to use your main guys every game in the NLDS. They're going to have yep. breaks between them. You're not going to have to use them ever three straight games. Yep. And that's big. And whoever's hot, you just ride them. Yeah, so, you know, they're going to need to get a little length out of their starters. They need, obviously, they need backs to bounce back strong. They need Strider to be on. He's on most of the time. He's only had about four bad starts this year, but he needs to really avoid one of those. Yeah, I'm interested to watch him because I bet he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after last year. Yep, yep, yep. And he's just such a smart guy. I think he's going to go about it the right way. He's going to know He's so bright that you never think he's going to be overwhelmed by anything or confused by anything or taken by surprise by any opponent. He's just so smart. He really is. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to really have, have, will have learned a lot this season, but also that postseason last year. And, and uh, I'm expecting him to have a really good one, really good one. So that could kind of set the tone, especially if they use him in game one. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Personally, I'd use him in game one of the postseason, especially if against the Phillies, the way he's dominated them. And it also gives Max Freed two more days to rest. And and it doesn't really matter because you're going to have enough rest to go in games four or five if you start games one or two. So there's no real advantage as far as that's concerned, you know, with going one and four or two and five. I think if you can give Max Freed, I mean, he knows better. They know better how his finger's healing, but it just seems to me if you could give him two extra days to heal, you would, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I don't really think it matters. <laughs> I mean, if you're getting both of those guys twice in a series, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? 
Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit directtv.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Uh, Real quick, Vines, what did I think of the Vines uh, start? Really good. That was he yep. was really impressive. That's another guy that figures in the future here, man. No doubt. Him and he can pitch. Him and Smith Shaver can both pitch. They're very different, obviously. Vine's not overpowering like Smith Shaver, but he's a pitcher, man. He's got good stuff. You make he's, your he's, debut in Colorado, your major league debut. Yes. And you carve. You you got like a two year pass from me. I don't care what you do after that. I'm impressed by you. Yeah, he's had an impressive rookie season. Those two both yeah. have. Um and, you know, there was so much talk about Dodd and Schuster because of the springs they have. But, I mean, I mean, Schuster's pitched pretty well in some of his starts. But, you know, Dodd kind of fell by the wayside, got hurt, all that. But the guys that have really stepped up are Winans, smith Jover, who we didn't expect because he's so young, and and Vines. So, And you never know when, you know, you never know. It's important because you never know when something's going to pop up. And you might need to call one of those guys up and have them yeah. throw, you know, like Kyle Wright did in that World Series run. Yeah, when they started, they started what Davidson, uh, Tucker Davidson, that one game. Yep, you I never mean, know. You might need one of those guys for sure. Absolutely, it's nice. they've been smart to get a look at all of them, and it's nice that they're all healthy and throwing the ball well. It's also nice that Jackson Stevens is healthy and throwing again because he's had yep. some couple of big appearances, and they really might need some length out of him, couple couple of innings out of him at a at a time. In the postseason, so there's another nice arm to add, to, you know, for the uh, postseason that uh, that wasn't there for most of the year. So, the general rule of thumb too is if you pitch in a postseason game, you're getting a full share. So, what's well, that's said, pretty nice I, for those dudes. You know, you're only up for ten days or twenty days of the season, and you wind up getting a full World Series share or whatever it turns into. It's it's a nice setup oh, setup for those guys. There were some that were up a lot shorter than that that are going to get a full share. <laughs> yep. I mean, if you just step foot on the field in the postseason, generally you get a full share. Uh, hey, Dave, I took the stopwatch back to the Acuna thing, and it was 93 seconds. Agree it was not overblown other than the video montage, which I was thinking in the stands. What the fuck is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> 93 seconds is all it was? Wow, if yeah. that's true, then that's nothing. That's like that's like half the length of a mound visit. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a big deal. I just think you get. You, I think the, the Cubs announcers want to watch some postseason baseball, you know. So yeah. you're you're losing, and you can feel the energy of this yeah, guy just hit another knock. It's still second. They're, like they're about to rip our heart out, and we're having to take a little celebration break. I mean, I get right. where they're coming from, but same time. Blown Tough lead break. again. They'd blown lead the night before. They're blown three yeah. in this game. Yeah. Uh, last couple here. What is it going to take to get Azuna back next year? It's going to, not going to take anything. He's under contract. <laughs> Pretty simple. He's got to stay out of trouble. Yeah, exactly. And he hasn't had any trouble this year. Yeah. So 
nothing but good, man. And the clubhouse and all that. So I'd be really surprised if he's not back next year. Why wouldn't he be? He's a huge part of the team in the clubhouse and on the field. I mean, he's I almost just think if there wasn't all the shit that popped up, you'd be talking about, can we extend him? Yeah. Yeah. And he's got that option on it. And now that option's looking really nice. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the next long-term signing? Well, they've got everybody signed. I mean, all the all yeah. the cute guys are signed. It's like you don't have another position guy that you could sign. <laughs> you're signed at you're literally signed long-term at third, short, uh, second, first, center, and right field. All you've got is left field. That is it. And then pitchers, of course. Yeah, and Kyle and Wright would probably be that guy. But he's had the shoulder yeah. thing. And that, like, as right. a pitcher, just kills it for you. Right. And as pitchers, it's different, obviously. Uh, and, and, and Strider was the huge exception because the guy's a unicorn with the fastball and all that. Yeah. So you, you, took, you took advantage of that. But, uh, like, you know, if Smith Sharver were to come out last uh, next year in his first five, ten starts, look like, okay, this guy has arrived. I could see that yep. with him. Throw 50 mil at him. Because the stuff, yeah, the stuff he's got, and he's the kind of guy, just talking to him and everything, that strikes me as the type that would jump on the chance to have long-term security and you'd end up with a really team-friendly deal. So, yeah, but that's, you know, getting it, putting a cart for the horse, as they say. But if he were to come out next year and look in his first five, ten starts, like, oh, he's here. I mean, there's no question now. I mean, this guy, that, that'd be an obvious candidate for it to me. Yeah, I think you shoot for very high potential and pretty good right now and young and mm-hmm. throw. I I don't know. I would I would love to get an inside look at the process. Like, have they just thrown this shit at everybody and then here's the guys that took it? Or, you know, I'd love to know how it unfolds. But I mean, it's when you're a young player, especially a pitcher, uh, but even a position player. I mean, you can have a ACL like Acuna did. These things can pop up at any moment, and yeah. somebody's telling you you don't ever have to work again if you sign this piece of paper. Right. And your I kids mean, don't have to work if anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how. I mean, it seems like more guys than I would expect turn them down. But it's the union's pretty good at explaining to yeah. guys like you're, you're setting the bar for the, everybody else every time you take one of these discounted deals. But, you know, having been a guy that got hurt at the wrong time, I don't blame anybody that does. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Um when do you think they redo an Acuna or Albies deals? Or do you think they ride out? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, it hasn't been an issue. It's an issue on social. And I, I'm not trying to disparage anyone on social media or be dismissive. But I can tell you honestly, honestly, this is never comes up in a clubhouse. Guys don't like I'm talking to somebody else and they don't go, you know, just as a side. Man, they really need to take care of Acuna because that's going to get uncomfortable in here. Nobody says that. Nobody says it. Acuna, you see him. Does he ever play like he's pissed off? Does he act like it? Does he ever allude or say to anybody? And and he says stuff in the offseason. He gets on podcasts and says stuff. And I, but has he ever said, they better redo my contract or else? No. This is a deal on social media. And it's not a deal in the team, at least so far. It is not an distraction. Ozzy Albies is the happiest guy and the most positive, upbeat guy in the clubhouse. And he's on the most extreme team-friendly deal of all of them. So. I think they'll do the right thing because these two guys are so crucial to their long-term success. I think they'll do the right thing eventually, but I mean, it's not like Acuna is making 3 million and he is making 17. I mean, it's way under, yeah, he's under market. He's making, huh? He's fine. 
Yeah, he's making a hundred million bucks now. Ozzy's is 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 almost embarrassing how underpaid he's going to be. He's the guy that's going to hit you. He's thir- he's a thirty one hundred guy every year now. You know, his last yeah. two full seasons, healthy seasons, he's been a thirty one hundred guy. So that's a guy I think I would redo um, because you know it's a shorter deal than Acuna's too, and you could easily add years to it and 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 hike that value, maybe double the double the value of it up, and he'd still be young. At the, you know, in the at the end of the contract, so I mean, it's just but. that's just what it is, though. You know, I mean, is Strasburg redoing his contract for the Nationals? Right? Is he giving back 150 million, 200 million? Is no, I mean, Rendon doing a it piece for of the paper? That's the is deal Rendon, you made. Is Rendon giving back money because he got hurt? Nope. Is Trout giving back money because he's not playing uh, even 150 games? No. No. Uh, I mean, you know, Scherzer, Degrom. I mean, you just that's countless, that's just that's the risk. That's the risk of. Signing the deal is that you outperform it, but the reward is you're set for life today and you never have to worry exactly. about money again in your life. I think most guys, I don't know, it seems to be a little different in football or basketball, and I think football especially because of the injuries and stuff. Right. But yeah. it, in baseball, I don't – I remember I Longoria's contract was pretty bad, but most of the time it's like – Think about Think about Acuna. He said that he had, he, he had doubts that sometimes early in his rehab from ACL – he had doubts if he'd ever be the same player again, if he'd ever run as fast again. He had doubts. Well, at least he knew as he's working out <laughs> trying to get back, I'm covered. I got $100 million coming to me regardless of whether I'm that same player. If he had and that's not why you signed that the contract, deal. Think if he was going year to year at that point, if he was arbitration, how, how that would have felt. I mean, that's I, nice I know how it that. feels because I was going through Tommy John. Yeah. And I was going into free agency and I couldn't even extend my arm. You know, I know how that feels. You're sitting there wondering, am I ever going to be the same again? If I could have gone through Tommy John with 15 million coming to me, you know, if I'd signed an extension before that season, I would have been the happiest guy on earth going through Tommy John. Yeah, throw my elbow anywhere you want. So so if he had turned down that deal when it was made and he was and he was in arbitration at that point of his career, he would have been making in arbitration not that much yet because he was only a couple years in. Yeah. You know, three years in. So. Think about if he was on a one-year contract, an arbitration deal, and he's trying to come back from ACL on his knee. He's never been through this before. He's always been the most gifted guy on the field, and all of a sudden he can't run anymore. You know, and then through all last year, he was he was not the same guy at all. Yeah, he you know? would have been thinking about that contract he passed up every sure. time he walked up a flight of stairs. So, yeah, exactly. Or they're looking at Soroka. You know, you think yep. Soroka wishes the Braves had made him an offer like that, way under market, team-friendly deal, where he's like get. Guaranteed 80, 100 million right now. You think Soroka would have been thrilled yeah. to have that? <laughs> and that you have to look at that as that's part of your, you know, signing bonus or pay. I mean, you cannot put a price on peace of mind. And he's got to go through that whole process, the rehab with total peace of mind. I mean, you, I know for him, he wants to be the best player and that's probably a bigger deal to him. But still, being able to go through your rehab and know you got 100 mil coming no matter what happens. It's right. a pretty nice place to be, and you can't I put mean, a price on it. I mean, nobody would have ever thought, ever, that Michael Soroka is going to tear his Achilles tendon on a Twice. routine play coming off the mound, and then he's going to tear it again a year later. You know? So yeah. things happen, man. Things happen. And Acuna's game is so much about explosiveness and speed that any kind of hip or knee – look at Bo Jackson. You know, I mean, not, not to yep. – I mean, I'm, Bo Jackson, <laughs> a routine tackle – Screws his hip up. His hip dies. Uh, part of his hip dies. They have to have a hip transplant. He was never the same athlete again. I mean, things happen. So that security is, yeah, he's going to be way underpaid. 
And at some point, I think they will do something about it. But that's just part of it. I mean, you're getting $100 million and, and you're not having to worry about anything ever. Yeah, I mean, he's not having to share an apartment with anybody. <laughs> All right. All right, we appreciate it, everybody. Thanks, and uh, enjoy the games this weekend, and then we'll get ready for postseason ball, and we'll have another one of these uh, early next week. And I'll be out there at the ballpark for the <laughs> interesting inter-squad scrimmages. So, inter-squad yep. games. So. All right, that's it. 755 is real. We appreciate it, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye.